and welcome to the Shooter's Roll for another episode of the podcast made by fans for the fans. I'm Dee Swizzle and joining me tonight, as he does, one-on-one here tonight, my boy from the hood. What up, Jay? What up, Dee Swizzle? What's going on, man? Oh, you know, trying to survive. Um, It's been uh, quite a tough week, Just, just getting mentally in gear, I think, with everyone uh, around the world, everyone's just hanging to, um, you know, get out, um, but do the right thing. I think with absolutely with everybody else, you know, not not um, to overindulge and, and not to break, you know, the guidelines and the rules about um, socialising because it it is very important to still abide by government um, uh, recommendations to, to right. stay at home and. You know, developments are going to happen this week regarding going out um, and the easing back into the workplace for the benefit of the economy. But uh, look, I, I am feeling it um, just more so that whole, whole human a- aspect of of being with people, being in the Yeah, I miss that too, trust me. Yeah, I miss that. But you know, what's keeping us going though, and, and I'm sure the same for you, is um, this, 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 series the the last dance it's it's been quite an incredible series um so far i mean we're in week three or five of the episode releases on netflix and um the the way this this week's episodes have uh, come out um i've i've really enjoyed episode in particular episode five i thought was such a great episode um and episode six you know episode five delving into the Jordan global brand, his impact on um, choosing his endorsements, um, his game speaking, his game being the biggest endorsement. Um, it was it was such a good uh, episode for me. And it, it just kick-started off really well when they, they intro the episode playing, you know, Nas and Lauren Hill. With yeah. Like, oh, Fire of the World, you know, I mean... I was just, I was getting so into it, um, just just from that intro about what was going on. How did you find the episode? To me, the episodes get more and more juicier and more interesting as it as it unfolds, um, and then, and it goes in more in different aspects of Jordan's life. So now they're here, really hitting the main um, uh, expansion of Jordan's brand and, and and everything else, and even now it's going into you know, going into his um, smaller moments into the locker room. Yeah. Uh, it's going into the, you know, it's expanding on his nostalgia uh, with, you know, with his brand, the clothing. And I just thought, man, this is really great. Like, I'm sure we're going to get his children will be on there. I think, I personally think it will be on. So I think that those things will be more, uh, gives you more depth and more insight into his life, which is really, really great. I, I love it. Just on that, uh, the, the concept of the Jordan brand, um, you're a sneakerhead, uh, as are a lot of our listeners and followers. Uh, what did you make of the, the focus on, you know, choosing the, the shoe brand and Jordan's initial hesitation to, to join with what was then the upstart Nike? I don't blame him because he he would only, he only would only go with what he knows, so you know it like the saying goes better the devil you know. 
So he knew Adidas because he wore Adidas before. And of course, it's like us going into, like, I go to a brand that I don't know. So what would, which a brand that I haven't bought, which is probably Peak. Peak being, you know, sponsoring Della Vadova. I've never bought a Peak. So it's like you trying to buy that sneaker. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what, how it feels. So it's, you go venturing into the unknown. Um, and I don't blame him, but luckily he actually listened to his parents. Um, and you know, your parents are there for a reason and listen to his parents and now look where he is now. So it's good they listen to his parents or else I don't, I don't know if it would be the same as the uh, impact as it would have now if you joined Adidas at that point. Because at that point from what I read, Adidas wasn't really a, a basketball brand. They were mainly focusing on, on track and um, they didn't really sort of were looking for Jordan to expand their brand. They were more, um, I think, more athletic, athletic driven, and I don't think it basketball wasn't even on the radar. I think so. He made a good move by going to a, a startup Nike and, and a growing uh, brand, which they were both on the same path. So the they were hand in hand in in growing, um, and now the global icons. How many years later? So that's fantastic, isn't it? Oh, it, it, it started off really great, didn't it? I mean, the the whole concept of, you know, it's it's his it's his name, it's Air Jordan, right? The the, the marketing behind it was it, it's it's genius, really. It is. When, when it, it is. came to it, it was the the Nike was developing a new system, a new air cushioning system for their shoes, and who better to promote it? But the guy who spends his time playing ball up in the air. I mean, right. It was exactly. just a match made in heaven. I thought that was, it was very serendipitous. And mm. for, for the time, I mean, we, we see these memes now, don't we? We see, you know, the, the fools of Adidas, you know, um, bypassing Michael and the like. But ultimately, <laughs> it, was, it was meant to be. And it was one of Marriage those, made in heaven. That's right. It was, it was like that. And just, just jumping forward now, because the, the show did jump forward to this. MJ's last game at the Mecca, the Mecca, that is the New York Knicks MSG. Um, how good was it that he played his final game as a bull at, uh, at uh, Madison Square Garden wearing the, uh, you know, the Jordan 1s? And, and, and for me, the, my takeaway was the, the evolution and the development of footwear. Because he, he was calling it that his feet were bleeding during yeah. the game. I mean, right. still incredible performance when when it comes down to it because he still ripped it up in that final game. That's uh, right. It was, you know, it was incredible. And it just sort of, you know, built the Bulls' um, season and kept that, that juggernaut of their final three-peat season That's right. uh, on track. And it was just an amazing game just to see, you know, the, the footwear and, and how candid he was about, about how the footwear was really hurting him. But he didn't want to change shoes because he, didn't want, he was having a great game. You know, there's a bit of yeah. superstition in that. That's right. And he had these Jordan 13s on the sideline. I, I, was watch, I watched that game. I've watched that game like more than 10 times already. And I love that game because he, he did like really great moves in that game. But... As a baller, you would know that it's if you look good, feel good, play good, that's the three, three aspects of it. When I say feel good, not necessarily him feeling good in the shoe, 
but he was feeling it. So yeah. If he was feeling it, continue on. He even said he was playing a good game. He doesn't want to take it off. And as a baller, when you're playing good in a particular shoe, whether it hurts or not, hey, leave it on, keep going. So that tells you the, the, the dedication and, and, you know, the the whole thing has living up to his name um, in the shoe is, is fantastic. So he wore the first, he wore his Air Jordan 1, um, the first and last game at the Mecca. Yeah. So it tells you something. It's fantastic, isn't it? Now, uh, would you have taken them off? Look, I, I, was, I, I was actually, I had, a, I had that very same episode. Look, I don't want to write off Adidas here because I, I, I like Adidas. That's fine. But I actually bought a, a D-Rose. I forgot, but it was, a, it was, a, it was a Christmas color D-Rose shoe. I could tell you what, I played in it. I couldn't play in it. I was on the hardwood, but I couldn't play. I was in so much pain, but it, it affected everything. I mean, I think his pain tolerance for that was, I think he could tolerate it, but he was in pain. My pain tolerance for these shoes, I couldn't tolerate it. I was in pain. I was hobbling up and down. And then I would say what, I'm going to say what he says. I couldn't be more happy when I took it off. Once, once I took it off, I cleaned it up and I sold it on eBay. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wear it anymore. I, I like, you know what? These look good, but they, they can't perform. But I'm sure he's. Don't tell me that they were the D Rose ones because I owned a pair of D Rose ones. No, 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 no. They they weren't ones. No, they weren't ones. I think there were twos or threes. I can't remember because I really. Once once I took them off, I'm like, you know what? Clean it up, sell it on eBay, off it goes. I couldn't handle it anymore. I I couldn't wear it. Because I just thought, you know what? Plus, you own too many shoes anyway. Uh, No, not anymore. No, I've I've only got like 30 pairs of shoes now. I don't have that much. Oh man! But you know that that final NBA um, season with the Bulls in '98, such an epic season. Yes. Uh, and um, episode six transitioned into who their opponent was going to be mm. uh, in the Jazz, sharing um, the the best record in the league that season. But going back to the All Star game, the '98 All Star game, where Jordan played. Uh, what was seemingly his last All-Star game um, at that moment up against uh, an up-and-coming future superstar, then current superstar even, uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, I thought that whole Kobe segment and and the focus on it was was just brilliant, just having the reflection, you know, fast-forward 30 years and people reflect, sorry, my maths are great. Twenty years, yeah. um, the uh, and how old men can sit down and talk about, you know, when they were young. I thought that was that was quite incredible. It was, it was, and seeing like he was talking about Kobe, I was like, who's this guy? And I was like, you know what, he's gonna try and go get it. He that he was like, you know what, this guy has to earn my respect before before he can actually, you know, get my respect and has to show me what he can do. It wasn't just Jordan, though. It was it was pretty much the whole East team. Like, uh, that, that was some great footage where they pan, they, they zoomed into Tim Hardaway and Tim Hardaway was talking to Jordan and he, he goes to Jordan, oh, you know what? That little Laker boy is going to try and take everyone one-on-one, isn't he? And yeah. I, I was cracking up about that, you know? <laughs> Two vets talking about some young rookie pup trying to take him on one-on-one. I thought that was, uh, it, it was... It was a hoot, to be honest, yeah. 
Yeah, it was like yeah, they all. The, all these young bucks that come up, they all said, with all the oldies, all the old heads, they're all going to say the same thing. They're all going to say, who's this young buck? I go, you know what? He has to earn our respect before he can actually, you know, be someone that we can consider to be respectful uh, yeah. or respectable um, on the court. So it, it was funny because it's like it happens not just on that professional level, but it happens everywhere. You know that. Yeah. No, look, um, look Kobe did play a good game. 18 points, six rebounds, one assist, two steals. Uh, it wasn't bad. Shot seven for 16 from the field. Uh, it was it was quite an effort, but I mean, the MVP of the game was Jordan. 23 points, six rebounds, eight assists, three steals. Uh, goat for a reason. Uh, it's just it's incredible though. Um, what intrigues me is because we're we're talking about age being a factor here. Jordan coming up to, um, you know, the back end of his his career, his 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 physical prowess, and you've got some young guy who is coming up. I mean, it would for me, it's interesting if they came in at the same time. Um, you know how they would go about in terms of their rivalry and how Jordan would re- react to it, also, because it's it is interesting. I mean, because. Just in comparison, um, that you know the, the the show in episode five focused in on the '91 uh, NBA Finals where uh, Jordan went head to head with Clyde Drexler, and they're about the same, yeah. same class. Uh, and Jordan took offense that Clyde was getting uh, you know props for being equal, if not better than Jordan, and Jordan took offense to it. Mm. It's just interesting for me that that question of, you know, it's hard to compare players because players are, are playing in different eras. That's right. Yeah. It's just the marketing of the media to sort of build up a matchup that everyone will sort of um, gravitate to and, and to sort of build anticipation for that series. But in, in terms of your question about, you know, if they were to come in together with the same age, you saw the Kobe cameo. Mm. So the question will be asked, if they came in together, who would Kobe model his, his game with? Because he, he even said that he wouldn't have five championships without Mike. Yeah, I, so he I would quote here. He said, I truly hate having discussions about who would win one-on-one. You heard fans saying, hey, Kobe, you'd beat Michael one-on-one. And I feel like, yo, what you get from me is from him. I don't exactly. get five championships here without Absolutely, him. absolutely. So, uh, you know... That, that's some Kobe humility there too. It is. It is. You know, learning from the past mm. and, and translating that into your current play. I mean, it's big. Mm. I mean, no, you. there wouldn't be any greater example of a player in terms of imitation, in my view, and you, can, you might object to this, than, you know, Kobe modelling his game after Jordan. I don't think no, anyone comes close. I agree with you there. No, there's not even one player that's close because even off-court, Kobe is almost the same as Michael Jordan. Yeah. Exactly the same. The way he talks, the way he, he does his, um, you know, smiles, everything is from Mike. So for me, like, when, when you said that, I'm like, well, who would – because Mike didn't really model in his game from anybody, if you think about it. He, mm. he may have got certain things from certain players, but all in all, that's all his. That's all Jordan's. But Kobe mimicked Jordan's. So – if you were to say the one-on-one thing, Jordan hands down, because Jordan was already Jordan 
he did he did his own thing. Out of all things, probably Kobe would probably try to befriend him and try to say, well, let's practice together. Let's let's you know let's play together in the summer or, or something like that. But I would be Jordan all the way. But I knew that Kobe would be mimic Jordan since the beginning because I saw the moves. I'm like, bro, this is look this looks so familiar. <laughs> like I've been watching Jordan since like the nineties. I'll be like, hmm, this looks familiar. In saying that, though, um, uh, it, what counts, what what gives credibility to players is rings. Uh, Kobe earned his with his five. Jordan had six. Uh, you know, the, these rings speak volumes of fortifying the personal stats that they got. You know. Bill Russell got 11 rings, but no one talks about Bill Russell in the same vein as Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. Um, a more modern day example, Robert Horry, Mr. Big Shot, mm. had seven, uh, but he's not even in the same breath of conversation regarding greats. Because he, he didn't carry the team. He was a role player who got traded in very fortunate places where he played a good role and got given a great role. So that's why we can't really discuss him because he didn't carry a team. He was there to maybe pick up a shot or two that was required to, you know, pull the team forward or to need a bucket to, you know, to maybe get them ahead. But really, he didn't carry a franchise. He was a great, great role player. And he hit shots when he needed to hit shots. That's why we can't really discuss him. It's like saying Bill Wellington won eight rings. Are you going to talk about Bill Wennington? No, you ain't going to talk about Are you going to talk about Bill Wennington? No, I'll talk about his mullet, but I ain't going to talk about his six rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just amazing, though, because, yeah, you know, that 91 finals where the Bulls played the Blazers and you had two superstars of the game carrying their teams because they were carrying their teams um, mm. with Drexler carrying the Blazers and that was a good Blazers team. Uh, but it's just amazing how much, uh, you know, you fast forward 20 plus years and those iconic moments, you know, the Jordan shrug, it's, it's iconic. It's famous. It is. The That's six right. three pointers in game one. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. You just got hot that game. And, and, you know, it, the modern game is built on threes and it's, it's easy enough for players to shoot six in, in a game, but. Yeah, if you then, go for more and go for more, why not? Yeah, but back then, you know, shooting threes was still a it was still a big no no unless you were, uh, you know, classified as a. Unless you have a license to do so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, centers these days shoot threes. That's uh, right. Yeah, you'd be, you'd ride the pine if you were a center shooting threes back in the day. You'd be benched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't get off the bench for ages. That's right. So it was just. It was just amazing how, you know, these these players, you know, do carry teams. Um, Kobe later on, I mean, Drexler didn't manage to carry the Blazers to a championship, but he did play a very pivotal role as the number two guy when he went and won his ring uh, with the Houston Rockets with Elijah Moore. Yep, um, definitely. Sands Jordan, though. Sands Jordan, when Jordan went on his uh, hiatus to play bo- uh, baseball, but still, still won it. I mean, that's that's the epitome of a champion. You have a good good career and a great career at times, and 
sometimes you don't do it with the team that you're most famous for. Let me, let me ask you, who do they beat in the in the, in the, in the Yeah, final? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. what? What? Who yeah, Shaquille O'Neal led Orlando Magic. Oh, oh who was that All-Star? There was another All-Star there, I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, my boy Penny, mate. My boy Penny, right? Yeah. I forgot, man. Uh, for him. Let's not reminisce on <laughs> what could have been. Because it was a big what could have been if Nick yes. Richardson would have been if. free throw. Without a doubt, right? without a doubt, yeah. But that's another discussion for another day. We'll play the what if game another day. Fair enough. Tonight. All right, <laughs> whilst I've got you here, there's a lot of talking points in. Fair enough. You know, the last dance and leading on to my next one, um, Jordan, big American icon. Uh, it comes on to the 92 Olympics where pros can play um, in the Olympics, uh, and he led that first dream team, the dream team, to a gold medal. And the stories that came from that, what, what did you make of it? Because I've heard you talk about this. I remember you talking about this, you know, 15 years ago when we were in high school. Yeah, because when I initially, the, the Olympics was made for college students and for college uh, collegiate players. Um, but when they thought about it and when they didn't win it, what or was it four years back in 98 when they lost they had to go with the best of the best that's why they they got the nba players and it was a route you know to be honest the toughest game in the olympics was the scrimmages in the practice yeah i think that were the toughest games um and they that on the show oh yeah and 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 that was the toughest ones but there was so many there was no controversy during the olympics the controversy was the team and how certain players got left out. I'm sure you you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Mr. Thomas? Mr. Thomas and Mr. O'Neill, but O'Neill doesn't really get talked well, about. Well, we'll touch on this. Let, let's, touch on, let's touch on Isaiah first, because they, this was touched upon on the, on the show in the last mm. dance. Now, uh, it was made out that Jordan didn't want him in the team because he had beef uh, with Isaiah. And, and it was portrayed that Isaiah had beef and rubbed Bird the wrong way and rubbed Magic the wrong way. And, but they used Jordan as the reason why Isaiah yep. mm-hmm. wasn't on the team. Now, let me put this to you. If Isaiah did make the team, who would you kick out? It would be Leitner. Oh, no, 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 no. Because you need to have one collegial player on the team, right? That's such a hard question. That's a hard question because they all played. The, the, the team that they got was the perfect team. It was. And they got a college guy. So to kick out somebody will change the dynamic of the whole team altogether. Because if you put Isaiah, then you've got three-point guards. So if you're going to kick one out, see, you need defense, you need shooting, you need bigs, and they've got the perfect mix already. But if you're going to – I don't know if I can kick someone out. Even Mullen is a fantastic shooter. So In terms of um, physical characteristics, would it be Stockton? Exactly. I like John Stockton because he's more of a distributor and he sort of is more uh, more quiet. But if you put Isaiah in there, I think he really, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And that's why I think they already said that the camaraderie would change. And they said that. And you saw the footage. You know, you saw it. He rubbed Bird the wrong way. He rubbed Magic the wrong way. But that's actually Magic was the one who made the decision. And the pretty much said, no, we don't want him. Hmm. So it wasn't actually Jordan. Jordan was just the face of it because Jordan made it known and was vocal about it, but it was really magic. And if you've seen any ma- magic, he doesn't actually say it, but it was him. He said, oh, I don't want Isaiah on the team. 
like mind you they were best friends like good friends but at the same time at that period they were going through a patch and then he didn't he said no so you know but i would keep i would go over john stockton for that particular team because he was uh more of a distributor rather than a shooter shoot first point guard yeah look i'm a big john stockton fan i i i kind of uh there's there's been two big influences in my playing career and He's the second, and Penny Hardaway being the first. But you know, oh, damn, mate, right. mate, I've 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 got a lot of love for John and and what he did with the Jazz, and oh, look, with Malone and with Stockton, and and we'll touch upon this now with Barkley. I mean, uh, players who tried to get that elusive championship. You know, we talked about fit players who've gotten more than one ring and. You've got these Hall of Famers who came up short, and it was just, mm. you know, going into you know episode six where they focused in on the the '92 uh, Phoenix Suns. I was just amazed at you know the the level of talent on that team, or just seeing all these faces: mm. Barkley, Ainge, Marley, KJ. I mean, that's that's a name, you know, that, that harkens back. I, I still remember those Converse commercials starring uh, Kevin Johnson, who um, I bought turned into a big politician now in Sacramento. Yeah, in, in in so mm. it, it's just amazing how people evolve. And But just on that series, like, Charles was, you know, probably at the same... Um, trajectory in terms of playing um, prowess as Jordan at the time. He was on that peak. He was, uh, he was aging. He was heavier set. So he was, speed was never going to be a big game, uh, facet of his game going forward. And he was an undersized power forward at that. Right. Mm. Uh, but just to see these players who, who toil away and never, never get that ring because of MJ, yeah, uh, it's just it's incredible. I mean, we can go through the list. I mean, yeah, we uh, can call them the stolen generation. Oh, incredible! Like Drexler was fortunate that he managed to team up and go back to Houston to play with Flamma Gemma Lajuan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Barkley ended up walking away without a ring. Um, no, Peyton got lucky with Miami. That's right. Uh, but. Uh, I don't believe, and correct me if I'm, I don't think Sean Kemp ended up finishing with a ring. No, I didn't. And then you've got the Jazz boys in uh, Stockton and Malone who both finished without a ring, even though Malone was close in that heavily heavyweight Lakers team. Yeah, it looks good on paper, but not necessarily uh, yeah. you know, translate into success. So, I mean, that was another ring that Kobe should have had. That's right. When you think about it, I mean, that could have been the, you know, the equalizing sixth ring. That's right. Uh, all up. Um, it's just interesting how these these players, you know, spend... Because a lot of players now move. There's no, you know, one team, one player. There's one no team. loyalty anymore. It's just whereabouts. Whoever wants you and where it's going to be more successful. Yeah. That's right. One of the days where you ride it out like Stockton, 18 years in one franchise. I mean... Yeah. Props to him for doing that. I mean, even Barkley moved. Drexler moved. Mm. Kemp even moved, but that was for other reasons. Uh, but and, and Malone went 
ring chasing. That's right. Um, it's 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 incredible how these players end up like that. But moving on to, um, you know, the the time, the times of um, where it, it was amplified in the Olympics. Jordan's brand was phenomenal. He you know he brought the NBA onto the international stage if if it wasn't already at that time, but certainly more so during that time. Um, That's right. And episode six of The Last Dance focused in on um, the, the the chipping away at the Jordan um, brand, the, the the high standard that Jordan set. Um, what did you make of episode six and and the, the the criticisms of Jordan's character? Yeah, just well, like I said, he did. If he can do it from the start, he probably wouldn't go the same route but I think that's sort of uh, amplified too much I think he would sort of slightly do it different and mind you there was no Twitter there was no Facebook yeah and it got to him but it's kind of hard especially with, with the way he is I mean he's there's cameras as soon as he leaves there's cameras as soon as he comes so it's just it's, it's also um, really interesting when he was laying in that hotel room with the cigar and just sort of telling it how it is um, but his brand, you know, he said he's no role model. And that's why I think he got a bit ticked off because he's thinking that everyone thinking that he was going to be perfect. He's going to be this saint where he did not do wrong. He didn't gamble, didn't smoke, didn't, but he's human. He's human. You know, he's just on, on a godlike status because of what we've made of him because he, he does what he does. Um, and mind you, with his brand, especially like you heard that he, he covered the logo, the, the Reebok logo on the Dream Team yeah. sweatshirt and just put the American flag. That's brand loyalty right there. That's, that's another level right there. What I noticed so, about that, though, is a lot of the players had their zips more open hmm. so they could flap to cover the Reebok. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that was more so of their own brand and their mm. own sponsorship, but I just found it interesting or whether they took Mike's lead and said, fuck this. Yeah. I think he just really wanted to sort of, I think he was giving out a, a message pretty much that, hey man, I'm, I'm with Nike, I'm with Nike 100%. These guys have done, you know, they've been good to me, so I'm going to be good back to them regardless of what happens and, and what stage you put me on. So it shows that his relationship with Nike and, and that's what this, the, the giants they are today. I mean... But, so oh, what's intriguing though is he takes a stance on commercial agreements, um, but he remains silent when um, African-American uh, Senate prospect Harvey Gant was running for the seat mm. that was held by um, controversial um, Senator uh, Jesse Helms at the time. Mm. And there was much made in uh, the last dance about Jordan's silence regarding his political views and not, you know, stepping up to the plate to assist a fellow African American mm. who at the time, you know, uh, uh, Harvey Gant. When I looked this up, he was the first African-American mayor of Charlotte, um, served mm. two terms. Um, so it was, it was quite interesting uh, given his, his stance and the, 
the famous quote that even Republicans wear sneakers. Um, you know, it was all based on. But that was not said people. in public. That was said in private. Not really private, but within his own circle. Yeah. But that was just that was spat out by someone else. But put it like this: <laughs> you would not really support anything that you don't know nothing about. And, and there's different phases of your yeah. life that there's certain things that you care about and there's certain things that you just don't care about. I get it. I get it. Because it's the same thing with all of us. We, we grow older. We, we become passionate about different things. I don't really think about politics up until recently because I'm getting older and it affects, I know now that it affects everything that I'm surrounded with mm-hmm. and, and what's going on. I can tell you that like within your 20s, I could not give a damn who the hell the next prime minister is. So I don't, I, don't, I don't really blame him because he was in his space, just about him and his brand and his family and his basketball. That's it. You know what? That's fine. And you don't want, we don't want to support anybody that you don't know nothing about and you don't really have a passion for. That doesn't yeah. sort of tell you anything. So it, it sort of doesn't – I don't really blame him, nor do I go against him. Jordan's still Jordan to me. Good on him. It's not like he supports, you know – um, corruption or anything like that. Nah, this is just something that's not in his realm at that time. And you know what? That's fair enough. That's cool. But they were saying, they were comparing to Muhammad Ali, how Ali st- stood for something. Yeah. But that's fine. But Ali went through a different thing because Ali went to jail. You know, and that's why he changed his name too. See, he, it's, it's different moments for different things for different players. And that's fine. I would never hold it against him. He he stood for what he knew and what he, he stood for at that time. That's fine. That's fine with me. And Jordan will be Jordan. It's not going to change my opinion of the brand. And I'm still going to buy his product. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but uh, my last talking point for tonight is um, what's been made out of uh, Jordan's gambling tendencies. Okay. Use on that. Yeah, I noticed the the bit of a eye roll there. Uh, explain. Look, look, the man has earned millions. Let him let him spend his money the way he wants. It. It's not like he's not paying the bills or he's not supporting his family. If he's got the money, man, let the man spend his money. That's it. You know. But we're I, talking about obscene amounts that he's gambling away. That 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 and and the frequency. Obscene amounts because he has an obscene amount of money. Yeah. So it sort of balances out anyway. But at the same time, you could you could smash him. You could you know criticize him if he's not looking after his family or if he's barely paying the bills or you know if he's living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, go smash him. But the man earns so much money. Let it be. You know he he earned it. Let him do what he wants. It, 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 he has the right to do so. It's not illegal. So. If he wants to gamble, let him spend. But the obscene amounts, I'm sure that's amplified. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not. But I'll, I don't, um, I'll probably take the opposite view here because I'm not going to agree with you all the time. That's fine. Jay? That's all right. <laughs> but what I'm just thinking is, um, I think he was in a fortunate position to be in regarding um the way he could carry out his um, his playtime. Um, there were snippets in the Last Dance about where the big boys played cards in the back of the plane, and where yes, uh, the chump change was in the front with <laughs> with Kerr, Bushler, 
and uh, I think I believe it was Paxson um, playing uh, blackjack at the front, and that Jordan just wanted to join in so that he could take their money. I mean, that's right. competitive spirit. Absolutely. But, but for me, it's more of, um, and it's not bagging out Jordan. It's bad. It's more of um, analyzing the driving factors. It's this competitiveness that he's shrouded his um, his gambling. Uh, he's a he's addicted. No doubt he's addicted. I don't know if he could, you know, if there was an opportunity. He it was shown that he was, you know, with with his security detail that he was flipping a dime. That's a dime for a couple. That's not me. That's only like ten, twenty bucks. All right, let that uh, roll off. But what I'm saying is, one one, you know, it's just an example of, you know, the compulsiveness. And for me, that's what. Um, and I'm not trying to pass judgment on it. It's the, it was the compulsiveness to win. That, for me, was um, the chink in the armour. It's, it's like watching Back to the Future and people calling Marty McFly yeller or chicken. It's just getting it on just for the sake of being called chicken or having the opportunity to do so. But... That's that's my I mean I, that's my personal point of view. I also think that you know, you know that check that went out to that guy who um, he was playing golf with fifty seven thousand. Mm. I know it might have been chump change to Jordan, but that could have been fifty seven thousand to his kids. Mm. Sure. I think I'll just leave it at that. But it was just interesting how at the time that was what was being portrayed regarding his. That's right. Um, you know, the, the non-perfect image. Of That's right. But he did say he didn't have, he didn't have uh, an addiction to gambling. He could, he could stop it, but he's got an addiction to being competitive. Yeah, but that's, you know, addicts always frame it differently, mate. That's, that, and that's but my if, point. Yeah. But if he's broke, then, then yeah, I understand, I understand he's an addict. But the guy's still, yeah. right, he's still on top, so... Well, I think I hold my test differently regarding, I don't hold the, the bar as if you're broke, you're a gambling addict. Mm. It's, it's the, it's the, it's not being broke that makes you the gambler. It's the, in Jordan, in my view, it's, it's in Jordan's words, it's the competitive drive. That's right. You had a problem with competition. You had a problem and that sort of went on to the gambling thing, but yeah. you know. But why He's he's got an empire now, and uh, that's right. So uh, I, I'd love right. to own yeah the Charlotte Hornets too. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> props to him. I mean, my my goal is to one day own the Sydney Kings. I you know start Whoa, at that level, wow. but that's my goal. Uh, I love the Sydney Kings, and uh, I would uh, one day love to own. That's my personal goals. <laughs> hey, that's not bad, man. I like that. <laughs> Uh, before we final uh, finish up, uh, any final thoughts? Anything that caught uh, your attention that we haven't raised tonight? I just thought how, from looking at it in hindsight, I think the media played a major role in him walking away. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it wasn't so much the NBA saying that he had a gambling problem or he got suspended from gambling. Um, and it was in paperwork shown or even said that, you know, it wasn't because of the gambling he walked away. He, I think he just really had enough of the spotlight trying to find flaws in Jordan and to sort of bring him down um, right. as much as I can. Because 
he was already too perfect of an image, so they're trying to find a, you know, a flaw or some sort of um, something to find him that, that you know this guy's human. So I think that played a major, major role because he can tell that he can handle it. Like he he really could handle it. Um, but it really got to him internally, and it's what pretty much drove him to play baseball. But um, but I think after that he just he the passion was just too strong, and he had to come back and and to the NBA. So yeah, how about you? Uh, oh, it's interesting. I, I'm really going to enjoy um, what's going to come up with the, the coming episodes in episode seven and eight. Um, I think we're getting close to um, his his little hiatus playing baseball. Um, I think we're going to get like you. I think I'm curious to know more about his family and you know, the death of his father, how that's that's going to be played out in this show because it's a big issue that uh, I don't think it's going to be missed. Uh, but, uh, I mean, what 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 really uh, I, I had a smile about, about this episode was, um, and these two episodes, um, was uh, Kings of the 90s, uh, Michael Jordan having in the locker room the king of comedy, Jerry Seinfeld, I thought, oh, mate, I, I grew up watching Seinfeld. Hey, uh, man, Seinfeld was the best. I loved, I loved that show, and I, I love Jerry. And um, I mean, if if you haven't checked out uh, the, the the current and uh, what's recent Netflix special from Seinfeld, uh, twenty three uh, twenty three hours to kill, um, go check it out. It's a good laugh. Uh, different comedy, different age. The way, uh, even in that recent um, show, uh, the way. Seinfeld presents his stand-up. It's it's different. Uh, there's a lot of shock comedy now, with mm. with the way people present um, their their acts. And um, I think Seinfeld still keeps it in that. I don't know. He's, he's like in this like bubble. The way he presents and the way he did comedy in the '90s, and it's his trademark. And I think it's not slap. You know, it's not roll on the floor. In my view, it wasn't rolling the floor funny, but there were moments where I'm thinking, well, he is the genius of, you know, he's perfected his craft. He knows how to stay in his lane. He knows how to engage and be who he is. And that's why people love him, is because he does what he does. It is Jerry Seinfeld's material and no one else's. Yeah. Um, Similarly to, you know, the way you you mentioned, the way Jordan played, it's his. It's his. He owned it. Um, and they owned the 90s. And I thought, wow, that was was really something to see a comedian in a locker room pointing at charts and, and plays drawn up on the whiteboard going, that's not going to work. And I thought that was uh, that, that was really funny. It was. And you know why? It's also in his, in his uh, episodes. He wore Jordans every episode. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I don't really, really look at it until someone pointed out on Facebook the other day. And I thought, oh, yeah, he did too. I'm like, oh, that's the Air Jordan 7. Oh, that's the Air Jordan 5. I'm like, oh, man, that went right by me. I didn't, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, it was really great. I, I, uh, I enjoyed uh, that little snippet of it. Um, but look, looking forward to the next couple of episodes and looking to having you back on the podcast, the Shooters Roll podcast made by fans for the fans. You can follow us on all the social platforms on Instagram and on Facebook. Catch our latest episodes on spotify as well as apple podcasts and follow this video on youtube um, for more content 
leading up to these times. And let's let's stay close to each other and keep e- each other in our thoughts and prayers because there are these challenging times that we do live in. But you know what? Uh, Chicago Bulls second three-peat run is keeping us all all enthralled. And I'm just I'm going to end on this note. I just like to say that. Uh, what drew a lot of pleasure for me was um, the show casting the 92 Knicks as the, the main threat to the Bulls' three-peat, the first three-peat. So, got a shout-out for the, all those Knicks diehard fans out there. I'm Dee Swizzle, also known as Spike Lee of Oz. I'll catch you next time. We will catch you next time. Have a good night, guys.